Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 140. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your school leadership. This week, I want to talk about strategies and solutions for new school leaders with my guest, Jen Schwanke. Jen is a career educator who began her work in 1998 as a literacy and language arts teacher. She is now the principal of Indian Run Elementary School in Dublin, Ohio. Before that, she's also served as an assistant principal at two middle schools, and she is a graduate instructor in educational leadership a frequent speaker and writer for ASCD. And you can find her at her website at jenschwanke.com. Jen, welcome to Principal Matters. Please fill in the gaps on that intro. Tell us something about yourself that other school leaders may be surprised to know. Thank you. It's so nice to be here to talk to your listeners. That bio was pretty comprehensive. The only thing I would add is that I... uh, started my career, as you said, at the middle school level, and then made the jump to the elementary level. I do joke that I get credit for high school too, though, because I taught high school credit recovery to English um, juniors and seniors, and they did not want to be there. So I always say I get extra credit for that. So when I talk about my experience, I like to say it's K-12, but I have to put in that summer school caveat. (laughs) Well, Jen, I know this time of the year, it's also cold in Dublin, Ohio. And in our pre-show conversation, you were just explaining some of the frigid conditions that you're facing. So what's it like today where you live? Well, it's kind of fun. They they predicted eight to 12 inches of snow on Saturday and and it only rained. So everyone was a little downtrodden, but then we we got hammered on Sunday with ice and snow and wind chill temperatures below zero. So we're getting our due today. Definitely getting our due. Well, it's exciting to have this conversation. And I first want to give a quick shout out to my colleague at the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals, Dr. Gracie Branch, who connected us last semester when we were teaching together a new principal's assistance program. And Dr. Branch brought a copy of your book into that training. You're the principal, now what? Strategies and solutions for new school leaders. And I so enjoyed teaching that content along with her to new principals across Oklahoma. And then you were so gracious to zoom in with us and have a lunch conversation with all the participants at the end of that training sessions. So thank you so much for that, Jen. And I just want to jump in to today's conversation by first asking you, what are some of the essentials that you held on to as most important when you were trying to communicate to new school leaders the things that they may need to know jumping into this work? I think that's an excellent question. And I, you know, it goes back to why I wrote the book in the first place. And that was, I felt that if a principal didn't have a good mentor, that first year or two or three can be so lonely. I kept hearing this is a lonely job and I didn't believe in my heart it needed to be a lonely job. I was so lucky to have a good mentor who helped me along the way and, you know, didn't think I was crazy when I cried and didn't think I was out of my mind when I got really angry. And so she helped help me through those things. And I feel like their new principals just need to know it's all okay. 
There are a lot of us out there navigating this world. And, you know, there are a lot of things we have to deal with, but usually it's not all at once. Usually if you learn to pace yourself and if you learn to take a breath and if you learn to um, keep a hold of your intent, which is obviously to help your teachers and students all have a productive, good day, then it does work out in the end. So that's what I, I hope new leaders will think about, that there's not, this is not a barn on fire all the time and you run around with fire extinguisher. It's not like that. We are not alone. There's a lot of help out there. And so whether it's the book or whether it's a colleague down the hall or a phone call away, we just got to stick together and, and get through it. One of the things that I love about your book is your ability to role play scenarios that school leaders may be facing. And whether that's a parent teacher conference, the first meeting with teachers, the way that you address a disciplinary situation. If a new leader is stepping into, for instance, a brand new building, which I know you've had that experience of, what are some things that they should keep in mind as that person who's going to be establishing themselves as that new principal for maybe people they don't even know? Well, there's actually, I, I heard two questions in there. And one is about the scenarios and about situations we may run into. I'm a firm believer that everything that we learn is from a story. I don't do well with textbooks that are theory-based or research-based or data. You know, I learn from stories. So I will even see myself when I'm in a room of principals, if somebody starts telling a story, a lesson of my day, what happened today, or if they say, well, in my first year, I, I literally feel myself straighten up and listen because I want to hear that story and I want to hear what lesson is embedded in it for me as I go forth. And then you also asked about, you know, a new building and the, the connections that you make and the relationships you build. Again, we all all have a story. We all have a lot of stories in this business. And so I like to look at um, when I go into a building to be the principal, I like to think that my story is just teeny tiny or doesn't matter at all. I need to get to know all of the other things going on, the history of the building, the traditions, why all, each teacher is there, what brought them there, the students, what's their story, where are they living? And so that kind of thing, it's just like this huge puzzle of stories that come together and that's what builds your school community. And I think that really applies whether you're working with kindergartners or whether you're working with seniors. Well, I love that. And I agree that for me, storytelling is one of the best ways for me to kind of bring it down to ground zero. And so what's a story that stands out to you in terms of a way that you've learned how to continue in this journey and keep your sanity? Because so much of what you talk about in your book is the ability to prepare ahead, but some of that stuff has happened the hard way. So what's a story that, that's helpful for school leaders to think about in relating to your experience and your journey and uh, not always doing it perfectly, but learning from your experience? There was a student and he was always in trouble. And we all know that student, always in trouble and always sent to my office. And I was in charge as the assistant principal. I had discipline and special education. I'll give you a moment. Those two things. And so he was always in my office and he was a special education student. And one day he did something that was, um, you know, way across the line. And he, I ended up spending him and calling his parent and so on. His parent didn't like the answer and came roaring in to talk to the principal. And I could hear them from my office. And this parent was furious at me lost in the conversation, as it always is, was what the student had done and what we needed to learn from. It was about me and how I had messed up. And I heard the woman say to my principal, she's not a parent. She doesn't understand. And I was devastated because at the time I wasn't a parent, but I thought I understood. I did. I thought, you you know, you don't need to be a parent to be a school leader. And I still think that. But the the hurt came from her thinking I didn't understand kids. And I felt betrayed because my principal didn't 
stick up for me, so to speak. She just listened and said, yes, I understand. I understand. So the woman left, I wiped my tears and I went to the principal to process it. And I brought that comment up and she said, you know, it's all just about perspective. You may not have the perspective of a parent. This woman doesn't have the perspective of a principal. I didn't have the perspective of any of it because I wasn't there. And that's the catch 22 of school administration, because a lot of times we're trying to weave together stories and we don't have all of the story or we don't have the perspective of all the parties. And it gets really complicated really quickly. And that's why you can see some veteran principals get really jaded and cynical. And they say, what are the facts? Here's the consequence. Here's the repercussions. Get out of my office. You understand why they get to that because you can only take so much beating down before, before you just kind of get, okay, what is the policy and procedure? So again, what I took from that is everybody does have a story and everybody does look for someone else to blame or some other reason that this is hard. And as principal, you've got to find a balance there between the emotional competence Competencies of yourself, the emotional needs of others, and policy and procedure. Mm, so let's go there for just a minute, too, because I know that in your work, because I've had the privilege of looking at your book, that you focus in this first book on that new principle. I also know you're working on some new work, too, Jen, for veteran principles. Talk to us about that work a little bit. I think we need several hours to dig into that because the the position that veteran principals get into is they are expected to love and honor their work and almost anymore brand it and advertise it, market it, tweet it, you know, get it out there of how what much of an honor it is to be a school leader. But the dark, dirty secret that nobody wants to talk about is there are some days that we hate it. It's just hard. We feel like everyone's mad at us for everything we're doing and we can't win. I have many, many days where I think I'm failing. I am terrible at this. And then I'll have a day where everything just seems to fit. And I'm like, see, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I think that it would be very healthy if veteran principals had more freedom to talk about the bad days. Mm-hmm. Not just in a, oh, I had a hard day, you know, parents mad at me kind of a way, but admit that this career, in order to have longevity and in order to feel good about the impact we're having, we have to be able to acknowledge, even if it's just to ourselves, man, I really hate this sometimes. If we do that, if we can talk about it and have healthy conversations about it, then I hope that at the end, you know, when you're in year 25 or year 30 of doing this, you're not jaded and cynical and angry. And I've seen that. I've seen that from principals. They're so tired. And they, you know, they make paper chains of when they can retire in their office (laughs) and everybody's counting down with them. And I think that this is such a noble job and it's such a give back career. It's cyclical in, in its giving back that we have to be able to find a healthy place there where we can do this for a while and we don't let it tear us down. That's so powerful. So Jen, let's back up a little bit and talk about the life of that new school leader, because I would love for listeners to get a a taste of some of the practical instruction that you give for new school leaders, especially. And I just want to pick one topic from your book. Let's talk about developing professional development. Can you just walk us through some of Jen's takeaways? How do you prepare and really present to your teachers good professional development? I'm glad you brought that up, Will, because a lot of new principals feel overwhelmed with this part of their job. They know it matters and they, you know, most of them were probably teachers in which they grumped about the lack or the lack of PD or the value of the PD. And now all of a sudden it's on their shoulders. So, you know, I think that new principals 
do well to step back a little, consider some things like, you know, how big is my school? What PD has been there before? Where are my teachers? What does the data say? What resources are available? And then make a priority list. And it doesn't have to be where, you know, once a month you provide a fabulous spot on PD yourself to your teachers. Instead, you can you know, think about how to spread out that work, delegate it. Most schools have just within those walls, a magnificent amount of expertise, energy, experience, knowledge. And to tap into that means that the principal really only has to be the planner and the person who brings it all together. Uh, A couple of years after I started, I went to a PD academy where I didn't provide any of the PD. I provided the topics based on a survey that I sent out to to teachers on what they wanted to learn. But then every single monthly professional development was led by someone else. And so I got to sit back and learn too. But teachers really respond to their colleagues. And it became less of a, okay, it's what the principal wants me to know, and more of a collegial and community-based experience. And so... That's something I would encourage new principals to do. Look to your teachers, look to your principal colleagues, outsource some of this, and then think of how you're going to follow through to make sure that the professional learning expectations were met and that there's some kind of a, of a implication in the classroom. But it doesn't have to be, you know, something that makes a principal stay up at night thinking, how am I going to be an instructional leader? Because you can do that with a lot of help. Talk a little bit about how that's looked for for your outcomes with your teachers. So, you know, move us into if I was a teacher in your building or if I was working with you, Jen, and I got to be a part of your PD Academy. Flush that out for us a little bit of, of how that work looks like for you guys. In May, I send out a survey through Google and I just say, tell me some topics that you want to learn more about. I spend the summer putting those into categories and then I send out an email saying, hey, here's the categories. Let me know if you would like to uh, contribute or lead a session on these on one of these topics. And this is not huge. Again, there's only six to eight categories that I send out and teachers will then respond and let me know what they'd like to lead a session on. And then I literally just schedule it and using Google sheets, I make um, one or two sessions for every PD that we have planned. And those are on Tuesdays throughout the year. And, you know, we take December off and we don't do one in March for spring break. And so then teachers sign up and literally the only work that I have in it is the survey, the compilation of the subcategories, and then making sure that I have people delivering the PD. I, of course, provide guidance. I, you know, I'll meet with the teachers and say, hey, what, what do you think you're going to plan? How do you want to do it? How can I help? But a good example in action was, I mentioned earlier, our school has had a big shift in English language learners. About one quarter of our students now do not are not native English speakers. We needed a lot of PD on that, and I was not the one to give it because I that's not my expertise area. But I have some um, teachers, some EL teachers, 3.5 in my, in my building, and they know this stuff, and they know it well, and they know people who know this stuff. So they this year, they provided three of the PDs, and they had uh, literacy coaches come in. They had a refugee liaison come in. They provided some information on early literacy and non-native speakers. And so, and you know, the teachers were just starstruck almost by the level and depth of learning that they did. And I didn't have to be the expert. I came out a little bit of an expert because I was right there with the, in the PD with them. 
But it does, again, it wasn't a new thing for me. It wasn't something else I had to become an expert on. Principal Matters listeners, I know that you are probably taking mental notes like I am, but just to kind of summarize some of the things that Jen's doing in her experience, find your time, make a plan, spread out that work, consider your available resources, and then look for those internal experts who can help you create that PD. And I love that, Jen, because so so often one of the things I like to say to school leaders especially is um, tuck in your cape, stop acting like you're (laughs) Superman or Superwoman, and ask for help. And so it's the people so that are terrible. on your team are often the ones who have the solu- the people you're trying to serve are often the ones who have yeah. the solutions for what you what, what they need. And so that's wonderful. I love those examples. And how humbling is it to be able to say to your staff, I don't know either. I'm here with you learning. And it does, it makes people, kind of, the, the experts feel a little bit like, you know, I got some swag here. I, I do have something that the other rest of the staff needs. And it really does build them up. And, you know, a lot of times the people whose expertise you're tapping into haven't been heard before and they feel so validated and valued. It, it really is cyclical. It works. Thanks for those examples. And Principal Matters listeners, I know right now you're probably thinking of people within your own building who could be providing the kind of professional development that their fellow teachers are longing for. And that's what that's when school leadership moves from you being that individual motivator, inspirer to realizing you can't do it alone, that you need other people surrounding you. That's when the magic really starts to happen. Absolutely. Well, I want to just give a quick uh, plug again for your book, Jen. Listeners, if you are either a new school leader or you know somebody who is stepping into this field for the first time, or you just want a refresher on the ways that you're serving, I highly recommend You're the Principal, Now What? by Jen Schwanke. And through this book, you will find out things like how to meet your staff and students and parents for the first time, building and maintaining positive school cultures, good habits for balancing priorities, and so much more. Jen, what is a way that listeners can connect with you and follow what's going on with you? And um, any closing thoughts as we wrap up today's conversation? Well, let's close with a little bit of a a laugh. Um, When I was working with my editors on this book, I wanted to title the book you're the principal. Oh no. But they wouldn't let me because they said it wouldn't sell too many copies. So that's the title we ended up with, but it really is meant to be um, an energy boost and kind of a, you know, you can do this. It's a pep talk, not necessarily meant to be read cover to cover. You know, you can read it by the problem or challenge you might be facing. And so you can follow me on Twitter at Jen Schwanke. That's Jen and then S-C-H-W-A-N-K-E. And you can also find me on, on jenschwanke.com or the, it will refer you over to the site of my website, which is theprincipaltalks.com. So that's where I am. And, um, you know, I get to do a lot of speaking around the state and, around, and at some national conferences. So I truly hope I get to meet some of you. Come up and say hi if you're at any conference where I'm speaking. And, you know, just remember, this is my closing thought is we're all in this together. Nobody's alone. It's not, it shouldn't be that kind of a job because there's a ton of us out there that are doing this really important work. Well, I will happily link to all of Jen's contact information in today's show notes. And Principal Matters listeners, as you wrap up today's conversation, just remember that in the work that you're doing, your teachers, your students, your communities deserve to have someone who's leaning on others, who's connecting and learning just like we've been doing in this conversation today, because what you do matters. And we'll talk to you soon. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. Mm-hmm.